What's good, y'all? It's your boy Marlon. I got my boy Jermaine in the building. Uh, Jermaine, Jermaine Holt from the University of Houston, track and field runner. Um, and basically, like we always do, we're going to hear what this man has to say about his life and his experiences. I'm going to ask him a couple questions. And then after that, we, you know what I'm saying, I'm going to get him some and, uh, some ifs or this. And then, yeah, we're just going to learn about my boy. So go ahead and introduce yourself, bro. Uh, yeah, um, as, as the great man has said himself, you know, um, I'm Jermaine Hope. Um, at this point, I'm alumni from University of Houston, track and field team. Uh, 2019 national champion, world record holder in the Fofo. Um, aside from that, um, I'm an investor, content creator, and a preacher. So, just really trying to um, get honed in on all the skills and just master everything, low key. For sure. So we finna go ahead and get the quick started. So the first question is, what made you? How old you was? And what made you start doing track? Um, I was. I believe I was. Nine, it was in the fourth grade. Only thing that made me choose track was because I had an older sister. She was already out there running, and I always wanted to do whatever my older sister did. Don't really know why, but I just saw out there running. And I'm like, all right. So I just literally just hopped out there. Like they was already having track practice. Mm-hmm. I was not signed up at all. I just hopped out there and just started racing everybody. <laughs> track was looking. He was just like, he was like, I mean, this boy got on basketball shoes. <laughs> For sure. Facts. Okay, so with with your process of, cause I don't know, I don't know if you people know this, but I'ma say it. You put on, you have a YouTube channel just as well, and you pretty much like you told us. I watched it. You told us what like challenges you went through as far as. You know, you being a high schooler and then, you know, like you like you said it yourself, like you thought it was sweet. You know what I'm saying? You thought you was able to go to the Division One level and, you know, it was so many stuff that was going on within that process. So can you tell us, like, what challenges you went through as far as coming um, from high school and into, you know, where you at now? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, basically, from high school, it's high school, it re- high school real simple, like. And all honestly, at least for me, high school real simple. Like if you got a gift, you got a talent, you got work ethic, something gonna work out. For you. Like it's really, really cool. When you get to college though, you gotta know like high school, you learn how to work hard. College, you gotta learn how to work smart. Like the work ethic is already there, but everybody got work ethic. Like right. in college, you mean to tell me we got morning weights, afternoon practice, probably gonna do something on the side with training to you know get your body right and everything. That's work ethic. Like you already know how to grind. Everybody in college, especially once you get to D1, like we, I came out of Juco, so we know how to grind. D1, same thing. It's like everybody that you'll see at the D1 level, we know how to grind. So you can work hard all you want. That working smart part, though, that's the thing that um, I would say it requires skill. Like there's one thing to have raw ability, but when it comes to you know how to work smart, now you're actually trying to master a skill. And when it comes to track, track sprinting, that's a skill that a lot of people don't see it as that but it's like you try to achieve maximum efficiency in regards to how much effort you're putting in
and keep you engaged for that. So it's one thing where it's like, okay, high school, you learn how to go to practice every day, work hard. College, that transition, it, it got a little bit more rough for me because I'm like, okay, I know how to work hard. But when it comes to working smart so I can actually keep a healthy body that will last me for a, a whole season and how to actually run properly so that I don't get burnt coming down the home stretch of a 400 because somebody else got a little more speed or something like that. You got to take all that into account and you got to bring that into practice every day. So instead of, oh, I'm just coming to practice to get in shape, that's one thing. When you get to college, there's actually things that you see outside of practice because I look stuff up or I'll read something. Mm-hmm. I'll see that or read that and then I bring it into practice it's like, okay, so if knee lift is a problem for me, you got it. Okay, so your focus in practice is knee lift. And it's not like for that one day, oh, look, come to practice one day, work on my knee lift and now that I lift my knees, I'm good. It's like, it has to be something done consciously so much that it becomes that it becomes a habit unconsciously to where I worked on knee lift so much to where now when I get in the race, I don't have to think, it just happens. Like, right. It just goes. So that was really the most challenging transition because for something to become muscle memory for your body, that takes time. So there has to be intentionality every day. Right. I have to work on this one specific thing. Like this one detail that don't seem like it's that deep. Mm-hmm. Every day. Exactly. It shows up. Like it definitely shows up when you get to the big show, when you get to the big time. For sure. So what motivates you the most? Mm-hmm. I would say right now, like, I used to have this cliche of, I do it for my city. I'm trying to, I'm trying to represent for the 314 to let everybody know from the city. Like, yeah. You can you can make it D1, you know, I'm trying to let everybody know you can make it out of Coco D1, cool. But at this point, like, my little brothers that I literally watched in high school, now they D1. Like, one go to Baylor, one go to A&M. So, like, they, oh, they made it. Like, they good. So, the encouraging part, we, everybody from the city, you know, oh, yeah, you can make it. That message has been sent. So the motivation now is more like the story that's tied to my career. Like, I'm a preacher. Like, some people know, some people may not, but I preach. Like, that's what I feel like. That's one of the biggest things I feel like I've been put on this earth to be. Not just to do, but literally to be, which is a teacher and a preacher. Yeah, an educator. Yeah, like, literally. So the whole time, there's a story that's attached to my track experience. And it ranges all the way from high school, junior college, all the way through college. Even the way that life lit me up this year, when it came to just track alone and yeah. just life alone, it's a story attached to it to where at the conclusion of my collegiate career, I was like, I don't want to run anymore. Like, I, my my career ended with, I had a sports hernia and a stress fracture in my hip. Doctor said I shouldn't run. I ran anyway. One conference with a 46.06 in the fold. Mm-hmm. Got to read the news, and that pain was excruciating. Like, it was like... Uh, it basically caught up to me. Like the doctor told me, he said, you're running and that's cool, but that pain, it's going to catch up to you to where eventually you're just not going to be able to go-go. Like, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And so in my head, I'm like, you know what? I'm done. Like, injuries really take an emotional toll on you. It does. Have, like, yeah, like, and so to have so much of a build-up where conference, oh, you want conference with a sports hernia and a, and, a hip, and a hip hernia and a stress fracture in your hip, like, you want conference by that, you're going to go to regionals and eat. And I'm, I fully believe that, and it doesn't happen. That type of letdown, I'm like, man, I, I don't know if I want to do this no more. The only thing that keeps me going at this point is story not done yet. Like, yeah. Like, there's stuff that you can definitely do in your life that's going to be waiting for you when you get done with track. Mm-hmm. But there's a story tied to track. Like, there's a testimony tied to track. If you stop now, you're leaving something left undone. Yeah. And I'm just like, the one thing I can't do because it's going to bother me for the rest of my life, leaving something undone. Like, 
business unfinished, nah, like, I got to, like, the same goal right now, I got to see it through. Like, got to see it through, my boy. <laughs> through, my boy. Like, it's like, hey, now, I don't know what that entails for me right now, because I'm post-collegiate, but it's like, hey, we're not done. Like, that's all God told me, is like, not done. Like, this chapter not closed. Like, mm-hmm. college closed, but career running, I'm not done with you. I'm not done using this sport. I'm not done with each other. Yeah. I totally get that. Because I think, because like I said, for me, like, last time we talked, you know what I'm saying, we did an Instagram live, and I had told you, you know, I had surgery on my ankle. I had a bone spur. So, for me, it's more so, it's like, I think the best thing, like I said, for me, is just that my mental is already strong. Like, I built my mental up and, like, self-appreciation. And, like, one thing I do preach about, and, like, when people watch it, they're going to say, I preach all the time, self-love is the best love, bro. Like, I feel like once you have that, bro, no matter what people say or do to you or, like you said, the doctor might have said to you at the end of the day, if you feel like you can do it, you're going you're gonna to continue to do it. Once you say, like, just like how you say, you got to see it through. Like, no matter what obstacles go through the way, you know what I'm saying? It's, the thing is, it's okay for little setbacks because the thing is, they don't do nothing but build you into further success, in my personal opinion. Oh, yeah. So, that's why I said people don't, I feel like when people kind of just be like, Man, this ain't my time, and what is what that? What if yes? What if the next day is your time? Cause you just decided to stop today. But thing is, you'll never know, cause you just stop now. So, like I said once again, like you said, it's an emotional toll, but then it's also a mental thing. Yeah. You know, bro. So the next question is, but you probably already know this. What are your strengths as an athlete and as a as a person that kind of come together? Um. I first and foremost like the thing that literally brings me through everything is straight up mentality and will like it's like if all else fails the only thing it's like I'll use an example where it's like okay if you're a 400 like 400 runners when we run in that lap when we get to that home stretch and everything else goes out like nothing else is working everything is all tired yeah you go to the arms like you go to the arms you revert back to that form because you know that's not going to fail you so the whole time like when no matter what happens life the only thing I'm always going to revert back to is one, God. I'm just like, okay, God, like, I just, I got, like, I, I know everything that's going on, so I'm not really going to ask you why. But I just need you to tell me what you, I just need you to let me know what you need me to do right now. Like, like when literally my season, like, I'm at Drake Relays, and I'm just like, okay, like, Doc was like, you probably shouldn't run. And this is, like, three weeks before conference, and he's just like, you probably need to go and hang it up. I'm like, okay, I understand that. So I'm like, all this is happening. I can't really run. I'm hurting. But I'm like, okay, what you need, God, what do you need me to do right now? Like, that's all I ever revert back to. And so my strength is one, my dependence upon God and, like, just being guided by him. But the guidance part is to get the directions. But in order to actually sometimes doing what God is actually telling you to do in a certain season when you feel like you don't have the strength to do so anymore and it doesn't even seem realistic anymore, oh, that's, that's will, like, it's one of the things where it's like, hey, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, like, but I just got to take it day by day where it's like, okay, like, if I were to try to bring all this all in at once, like, try to handle it and figure out weeks ahead, nah, I can only figure out this day by just attacking it, simple. So the best thing I can say is, like, about me is, okay, will, but also that consistency. Like, I'm the type of person where I'm like, okay, like, once again, you can't eat the whole elephant, like, all in one bite you gotta one bite at a time mm-hmm. so just like when it comes to this athletic journey it's like you're not gonna like in my head it's like you're not gonna wake up and be no olympian big dog like you're not gonna wake up and have this 44 
but every day you got to take a step in that direction. And as much as this time seems like such a setback because I got injured, like the fact that I even almost went 45 with my injury was literally didn't even make sense. Like the fact that I was even running in general with that mess doesn't make sense because, mm-hmm. like I said, that mess hurts. But yeah, the whole time is one of the things was like it's just a day by day thing. Like it's a every moment living in the present type thing, and that's one of my strengths is I got that focus on the present. And I'm like, okay. I know what happened in the past. I know what I was told in the past. In this present moment, when I step out here or when I get up into this space, I'ma just do what I can. Like, and I'ma just let everything else take care of itself. And that's just a consistent thing with me. Like, cause I feel like a lot of people when it comes to what it is that they feel like they can do or can't do, a lot of that is riding on something that they feel like is gonna happen in the future. And it's dictated by patterns of the past and the entirety of the time. It's like, if you just don't consult none of that for a second and just live in this present moment and just go ahead and put yourself out there anyway, more likely than not, you're going to shock yourself. Like, yeah. Like, that message. Yes, sir. I totally I, I agree with that. I do totally agree with that. I do agree with that. So, as, as you're in school, when it comes to, like, class and stuff, what is your major? Uh, as of right now, I'm a TLIM major, which is, I think it's like called Technology Leadership Innovation Management. Okay. 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 So I do want to know one thing as an athlete, especially a student athlete at that, uh, how are you, is time, I know people might know this, isn't time management necessary, especially with your practice and the tutoring and schooling? I know it's a whole different ball game, especially from junior college to division one. Oh yeah. Like definitely like your time um and I'll honestly like your free time gonna come on that weekend but throughout that week it's engaged because like once more it's like okay you got practice and things that people don't take into account is some people are like oh I mean you got practice at this time and then you have this at this time so you should be good they don't take into account if you just got lit up that day in the hot beaming sun in Houston <laughs> you don't feel like doing nothing for the rest of the day like after that shower if you touched like for me after I shower, if I touch the bed, I'm not going like that's it's done. Like I'm not logging in on an online class. I'm <laughs> so not going nowhere. So I gotta sit there and it's just like time management is like, okay, you gotta map it out. But you also like for me, I literally would go by strict numbers. It's like, okay, so practice at this time, come back home, shower. When it comes to assignments, it's like when the clock hits this, don't think, just open the computer and just start doing your work. Cause the moment you start waiting, Five will turn into six. Six will turn into eight. Eight will turn into nine. And all of a sudden, it's like you get about to eleven. It's like you got to go to sleep. And now you're just like, I'm gonna just wake up and do it tomorrow. That's not happening. That's not happening. <laughs> so the whole time it's like that. That time management is like, it's it's a requirement, but it also in order to actually keep yourself on that type of schedule, you gotta have discipline. Like, mm-hmm. like you really have to be on yourself because ain't nobody here gonna sit here and be like, do your homework. Like, no. All the coach is going to have is an expectation for you to get it done. Mm-hmm. So the whole time it's like, okay, the expectation is there. So the standard's there. I just have to do what I need to do to meet it. They expect you to have this certain GPA. What's required of you? Just get your work done. Like, it's that simple. Like, they're going to give you busy work. Teachers going to give you busy work. Especially during the pandemic. Busy work. Like, because don't nobody know how to do online classes when everything got online. So they just busy work. The whole time it's like, okay, I'm going to start on this. I'm going to start at this time and probably take like 15 20 minute breaks in between mm-hmm. 
and I'm gonna just go into like get what I need to get done at least for that day. For so, sure. Yeah, that time, that time schedule is definitely some. It's definitely thing. Some different. But also, probably prioritize rest as well. Like yeah, heavily. So I think once again, this question goes ties into once again being an athlete. Has your eating habits changed? Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Like man, I tell you, high school I'm eating everything. I remember, I remember it was certain practices I came to when I literally would drive home, get some chocolate cake real quick, come home, and then come to practice, use the bathroom real quick, and just go out there and like just have going about my day. Mm-hmm. Man, and then when I first got here, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna eat pasta, but I'm not really like I know like it, I heard it's good to eat pasta, but I'm not really looking into what the type of pasta hitting your certain food groups. And that was because once again, I was here, but I wasn't. I didn't really have no goals. Once I got goals, where I'm like, okay, I'm trying to make this Olympic team, and I'm trying to pop 44, 43. Mm-hmm. You get real like once you get a very specific goal, you get real intentional about everything that you do. Yeah. This year, when I tell you, I got serious. Like, literally, I talked to a nutritionist. I was blessed to have my girlfriend, who she's a nutritionist. Like, she studies that. Like, she's studying it. She ain't no nutritionist yet, but she on her way. Yeah. And I also talked to um this man Dwight, who he literally told me he's like, "This your food groups. This is what you got to eat." He's like, "But you also got to keep in mind, and this is what all athletes got to think of when it comes to nutrition. Food is your fuel." It's not necessarily being utilized for enjoyment. Now, you can have your cheat days where you enjoy yourself a little meal. Yeah. You want to go to Shake Shack, get your milkshake, your burger. Cool. If you want to eat a honey bun because you didn't have a good track meet or a good performance out of meat. Because some people, I had a good day at practice. Don't matter. You're supposed to do that. Good right. performance when it's time of competition. Treat yourself to a little slice of cake or something. Cool. But that's that's not supposed to be a consistent thing. Like, mm-hmm. you wake up. Say, like me, I wake up every day. Oatmeal, just oatmeal and a banana, cool, and a protein bar. Lunch was like a little bit more, a little heavier, but not all the way heavy. I'm just gonna eat a sandwich, drink my water. Just I probably try to get me a little orange. Really, I really try to eat bananas most of the time because yeah. my so I said she was like oranges and apples are acidic and that's gonna contribute to lactic acid, whatever. So mm. that's cool. But then it's also like okay, you got your fuel and you gotta eat a lot because you gotta refuel that. Well, the best time to refuel is dinner time because practice is over. You didn't put a lot out for your day. Now you got to put some in. (laughs) Yeah. And you got to be intentional about it to where it's like, I'm not hungry right now. But I need this fuel because when I wake up the next day and my coach says I got a 300, 200, 100 times two and the mugs is at 33, 34, 21, 22, and 10. If you're not fueled, you're going to die out there. So once again, it's like you got to think of your, you got to really look at yourself. Like, I know it's corny because my coach used to say that. And I'd be like, bro, like, okay. But like a car, please, like in college, don't be out here running on the fumes. You're going to get, you're going to embarrass yourself and potentially harm yourself because that's how a lot of injuries happen. Like, bad eating habits. Catching cramps. Yeah, like, even I see a lot of cases where some people get like tendonitis and it's an overwork, overuse injury. But the overwork, overuse injury is not deriving from hard practices. It can, but right. maybe it's not even the hard practice. The fact that it's like you overworking your body because you're not putting enough back in. So yeah. your body is overworked. So when it comes to staying healthy and optimally performing, you got to be intentional about everything that you put into your body. Like I started off, I literally used to write everything down and like write out how many grams of protein, carbs, like everything. I wrote it all down. And once I got it to where it's like, okay, this the right amount of protein, this right amount of carbs, everything food group wise, 
I just took a picture of that, and it's just like, okay, this one I'm eating every day, and this is the amount I'm eating in there. Like, and was it enjoyable? Not all the time. Like, I definitely got tired of eating fish, fish, chicken, or rice with some spinach every day. It got annoying. Like, I ain't gonna lie to you, but the goal it's, is that's a sacrifice you gotta make. Facts. Like, it's like, hey, you said you want to go to the Olympics. This what you gonna have to eat to get there. I'm so sorry about it. Like, if you find a better way when you can actually pay a chef or something. By all means, do so. But as of right now, you're what you got. ain't got money like that. So yeah, I totally yeah. get that. So we gonna kind of slide off for right now. I'm gonna kind of like I said, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do like this or that type of thing. So we gonna have to get into it. And I'm gonna ask you some of your favorite things. So what's your favorite food? Um, man, right now, actually, I can't even say right now. It's always been, it's always been like that. But chicken alfredo. Chicken alfredo. Okay, okay, okay. What's your, what's your favorite sneaker? Favorite sneaker? Um, mm, I know it's ones. Like I know it's ones. It's all gonna be ones. I've been I, seeing I, you wear the blazers now. Hey, low key blazers. They've been growing on me. Like, cause they, I'm like, man, that's a good base color. You can really rock them. Like, I'm, the ones get first. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. But I say my favorite personally is the top three, top three Air Jordan ones. Like, okay. Them mugs, them mugs were crazy when they first came out. Like, I got my pair and. I need to. I might have to wear another one because I definitely wore the best out of mine. I ain't gonna oh, lie. Bro. Favorite movie? Stop the yard. Stop oh, the yard. Uh, first one or the second one? You gotta be specific. Oh, first one. Okay, okay. Because you know hey, some people be saying the second one. Well, it wasn't that first one. <laughs> okay. Favorite brand? Ooh. I go Nike. I go Nike. Nike. Okay. I don't want to ask you this yet, but. I'm gonna ask you, cause due to you know what I'm saying, I don't know. I hope it don't affect like your contracts. If it was any brand you can go to, what brand would you go to as a pro? And regardless of money, though. Regardless of money. Regardless of money. Man, that is a that is a hard one, cause I ain't gonna lie. I know a lot of people that be with all the other brands, and they're all good. Like they don't ever complain about them. But yeah. I ain't gonna lie. I, I would still rock with Nike because, man, that, man, that practice game that they be giving their athletes be. Man. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> clean. For That's real, bro. Clean. Facts, man. Okay. Who, Beyonce or Rihanna? Oh, Beyonce. Okay. Girlfriend, we sorry. We just, I'm just asking them questions, girlfriend. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> okay, so we're going to get back into it. So, you were coached by probably one of the the top two, actually. Probably the top two athletes to ever run on the track. Oh, yeah. How what, is Carl Lewis and who else? Leroy Burrell. Leroy Burrell. How is that just as far as knowledge, practice, and you know what I'm saying? Even, even though you're probably only around them maybe two or three hours out the day. Uh, how How is that? Um, I say, yeah, I say, like, man, they just don't play. Like, it's ain't nothing sugar coated, and it's simple. If you want to win, and you exhibiting that in practice, they gonna focus on you. They gonna try to position you as best they can to win. If you come in there and you kind of, mm, I don't know if I want to be here. They not gonna snap at you. They not gonna cuss you out. They not gonna hoop and holler. They just not gonna waste their time because it's like, it's like. I'm here, like, I'm coaching you to win because I want to win as a coach. So if you don't know if you want to win, I'm not about to 
waste my time until you figure it out. You figure it out? Oh yeah, come on. You don't know though. So yeah, it's really that. It's really that. Like only thing that is on the forefront of any of our minds is want to win. Like it's simple. But I I like um, what my coach like Carl. He a character. Like I'm not gonna lie. What you see is what you get. He does not care. He's brutally honest. Like yeah. Like if he like like if I'm like hey like I don't have any foot speed. I feel like I need to work on that. He'll be like you are slow. You're very strong as a runner. Like you got strength, but you are slow. And to me, I'm that mess. That mess don't offend me because I knew that already. That's why I was like, I mean, we can okay, get the foot speed. Cause Brell on the other hand, he get real technical with it. He's he's more like because I'm the type where I'm like, okay, if certain stuff is not coming together and I feel like I'm running out of time, I'll be like, man, you know what I'm saying? We gotta, you know what I'm saying? Like we gotta ramp up practice. We gotta let's get on that. And he's like, cool, but it's like you gotta like it's like the way he describes it to me is like. You move a mountain by literally one pebble at a time. So it's like you just continue stack rocks on rocks on rocks, one pebble at a time, until you get this big overall structure. He said every day gonna add up into something much greater. Yeah. You gotta take it day by day. So you can't, because a lot of times, me and my homeboy Terrell, if we feel like we lacking behind or our time's not hitting yet, we'll come to practice start pressing. So he'll be like, okay, run, run, run 300s, and he'll be like 35, 34, just like cooling it. And me and Terrell go out there and start trying to go 32s, 33s. Just off, it's like, man, we got to, you know what I'm saying? We got to hurry up and get him down. And he'll be like, hey, like, relax a little bit. Like, this is just every day, one at a time, just one one pebble on top of the other until we build that greater overall structure. Like, y'all ain't got to do all that right now. Mm-hmm. Like, just... And that was one of the things that I definitely was challenged with when I first got here because I, I always used to, I used to always press in workouts. Like, I used to always... Nah, man, I'm trying to run fast, so ain't nothing we do slow, which means I ain't trying to stride, I ain't trying to pace, I'm trying to go. And the whole time it's like, you gotta be able to have the patience with your body and with the process to sometimes not necessarily go, but just do what you're asked. Like, cause a lot of times I realize that some people, with, like when they're grinders and they really like to work hard, the main question in their mind is, am I working hard enough? Like, mm-hmm. you can be doing everything the coach is asking you to do, but you'll still have the question of, am I doing enough though to actually be great? And the whole time, I'm comfortable with knowing, well, I'm being coached by two greats. They understand the process because they've been through it before, and they reap, they reap the rewards. So now it just comes with just trusting them, where it's like, okay, like, when that time does come, this was going to happen as you continue to stack rocks on rocks on rocks. And even though my time necessarily didn't come this year because I got hurt, it's one of the things where I'm like, I'm not done running. Like, this is just another thing on the pile was like we just gonna continue stacking until that time does come for sure i totally understand that so where do you see yourself in the next five to ten years man five to ten yeah myself with you know international goals you know up up in the rate like from an athletic standpoint international goals you know i have like do my due diligence in the sport of track and field and i can actually lead the sport in peace at peace or with peace knowing you did what you did what you could do. Like you maximized your talent. Like there's nothing more that you could have done. That's the only way I'll have peace in leaving the sport. But aside from that, I also see myself an entrepreneur, but also a philanthropist. Where a lot of people be like, "Oh yeah, when I start making a lot of money, then I'm going to give a lot of money away." Um, I hate to burst people bubbles, but that's not how it works. Like you got to train yourself to be giving now. Like when you feel like you don't have it, like. You got it. That's something that's a for sure, part. bro. I don't think people understand that though. Like, 
Like, yeah. like for like, I feel like a prime example is like no real talk. Me and you, like realistically, like I'm doing this YouTube thing every day. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm not like I'm not doing this in order to really get paid. I'm doing this as a gift to you guys. Like just like how you said, bro. Right. You feel like God give you the gave you the mindset of like, Jermaine, I need you to teach these people what I'm teaching you. Right. You get what I'm saying? And I feel like. And my, and for me, Marlon's word is for, is about any and everything. So whether it's about something you, something so uncomfortable that I, I talk about it for you guys. You get what I'm saying? Like, cause you gotta think about it. in this world, people are so afraid of talking a little bit. At the same time, we growing. Uh, you know, people don't really care about what others say. But I feel like I, I, my whole goal was this YouTube channel or this podcast, this podcast for Marlon's world was to, if you needed, if you wanted me to say something, I'll do it for you. Right. You know what I'm saying? I take the I take the I take the shots for it because at the end of the day, people need to understand what's going on in this world, whether they like it or not. You get you know what I'm saying? There's so many things that what I make it out or when people want to call it the third eye, you know what I'm saying? Like people don't really want to notice it. You know, so that's why I said like I, I totally do agree with that. Like you do need to give. Because once you give, when you give what you know, either whether it's money, knowledge, you know, anything, something's greater gonna come back. You know, yeah. so that's I do believe in that. I yeah, do. Like, I do agree with that. Cause I used to think like I used to be like, no, when I get in this position, then I'll, you know, then I'll, you know, begin doing that. And it's like there's certain things that you got to put into practice before you ever get in any position where it's actually like so publicly seen or publicly known. It's like, like I said, it's like a lot of stuff happens out of the condition of our heart. So it's like you got to actually condition, like condition your heart to be able to actually do that willingly, where it's not like pulling teeth if I ask you to bless this person or if I ask you to speak to this person so even though you feel like you don't have the means right now the fact that you're actually sacrificing in order to do this means that you're submitted to me when I actually give you directions and that's what I need to see so that yes, definitely sir. was rough like I remember I remember something specific where my uh one of my big like my big brother he said that he needed like I think it was like 600 700 like just for like an account thing or whatnot I was like, like he wasn't asking me. He was just saying that he like, you know, needed it, and so he was he was about to sell some of his like crypto like from out of his portfolio. So he had the money, mm-hmm. and literally Holy Spirit was like, giving the money, and I'm just like, I'm like one, I have not paid my rent yet or my other bills, and he got the money. What am I giving him the money for? Is like just giving the money. I was like, like it was like it was pulling teeth for a second. I was like, okay, here, and it was just one of the things where it's like sacrifice, like. Where you don't feel like, oh, well, I mean, I got this and I got that. It's like, nah, like, just out of obedience, just here you go. Like, even when it comes to, like, talking to somebody, it's like, man, I don't, even know, I don't necessarily feel like preaching today or pouring in anybody today. And then today, and it's like, but I need you to. Yeah. You got the means. It's like, okay, all right, like, all right, like, not even looking to, like, get that return, but out of just the fact that it's like, I was told to, so I just got to, like. For sure. I totally understand that. So. As you're entering your, like you say, your post app, your post um chat career, mm-hmm. what are some things that you see as your your like your biggest weakness, and how are you improving on it? Um, I definitely would say my greatest weakness is the fact that I need to like I have to I need to actually prioritize rest more, and not just like my physical body, but also my mental. Like I'm always in this like this locked in grind mode. Like I never really get out of that and what ends up happening is i will time myself out and be fully fatigued to where by the time the by the time the opportunity does align i'm tired mm-hmm. like i literally don't 
don't I can't even fully take advantage of it because I've exerted so much energy. And Holy Spirit spoke something to me because that is my greatest weakness. But it took this year happening to me to for me to actually learn this lesson. And because I, I was like, God, why can't before I share this? Like I was like, God, why can't you let me know this before I went through all of this? And it was like the only reason why you're able to hear me tell you this now is because you had to hit your head and fall before you could actually look for answers. Like you wasn't asking me these type of questions to even be able to receive this type of information yet. Like life had to happen to you. Yeah. Right. People, that's the one thing, bro. People do forget about that. Like, as much as we want to succeed or we just want a straight road to certain things, it's this thing called life where that is not going to happen. Like, it's just not going to happen at all. Like, it. I feel like people need to have the understanding of that it's okay to not be okay, though. You know, like, people, like, we, we expect, like, I feel like, once again, like, everybody knows, like, Twitter. Everybody be like, man, like you got, like I totally, I am so blessed that when I see people on Twitter, they get the things that they desire. You know what I'm saying? But people don't understand. People don't never post their losses. Oh no, they never. And I don't. And don't get me wrong. I don't think you should. I mean, I'm not saying you should, but people never post their losses, so you never know what they have to go through to even get to that position. You know what I'm saying? Like as far as like certain people hitting a certain stigma in life, and you know, like a prime example would be. Hmm, who who was a good example, I feel like? I feel like a prime example would be LeBron James. Like, you know what I'm saying? It took LeBron James a while to really hit that. He's not just an athlete. He's an all-around, like, great person as far as outside of the sport of basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like, he does stuff for his for back home, like how you said. Then he got certain things set up where he got his own business. Like, I like my favorite TV show from him is The Shop. I watch that. I love it. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, so in that case, I know you watch I Am Athlete. Oh, every Monday I'm locked <laughs> I'm in the live premiere on YouTube. Too. Okay, so that's a good question. Okay, that's a good What do you think was their best podcast? What do you think was their best one? Oh, snap. Hold on. Okay, we back. What is your right, what is your favorite podcast from I Am Athlete? Um, I would say definitely when they was first addressing like they uh like that mental health part. Yeah. Like, and actually like just actually discussing like, man, like why don't we ever check up on each other? That was an emotional show for them a lot. Like that was like that was one of the things where I actually began to like really conceptualize with myself where it's like it's like it's cool to actually openly admit like I'm not I'm not good right now like I'm just I'm not I'm not good but like but it's also one of the things where it's like saying like I'm not good I think of that as like a long term you're just gonna be messed up and the whole time it's like oh like in this present moment I'm not okay but in the foreseeable future I'm gonna be good like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be cool I can let you in on what's bothering me so much right now as I get through this but this isn't going to be something that's going to stop me, but I at least have to be able to acknowledge what this is right now. Right. Like, like it really aligned, it really aligned a lot with, um, like one of my favorite speakers, Pastor Darius Daniels always says, where he's like, you really can't ignore your emotions and then call that faith. But that's what a lot of us tend to do. Where it's like, we believe faith is not acknowledging the circumstance that we in because we have so much hope for the future. And the whole time it's like, no, acknowledge the present, acknowledge 
of the pain of the present, but also keep your hope for the foreseeable future while still dealing with what's going on right now. Because a lot of what happens is when we actually acknowledge what's going on in the present, many times whatever God was trying to tell you, whatever he was trying to show you, whatever he was trying to reveal, it comes once you acknowledge what's going on. It's like, okay, I'm not cool. Like, I'm not good. But once I started to see that I'm not good, I was like, okay, why am I not good and what caused this? And it's like, you be overworking yourself mentally and physically. And the whole time, that's when literally God told me, he was like, hey, you know the reason why you be overworking yourself is because you're working in a way that literally indicates that you're not dependent upon me. So you claim to have so much faith, but the fact that you work so hard shows that you don't. That's why you try to have all that in your hands and do all of that. And I was just like, I was like, man. But it took me first acknowledging what I'm dealing with right now why and how I'm feeling that opened up the door for me to have questions that God actually gave me answers for. So when they definitely um like really disclosed that and how it's really okay to acknowledge mm-hmm. that you're not okay, it really like unlocked my mind a lot, like for sure. Yeah. And then honorable mention is when Dwayne Wade was on there and he talked about um like um his um child. Yeah. Because I don't know what to call it. I don't really know if he's like daughter or sorry. I would say daughter. But when he talked about that and how he literally humbly has a father in the black household, which is unseen. Like, I have never heard of that before. Right. To actually look and be like, teach me. Like, so this is what you're dealing with. I've never experienced it before. I don't know anything about it. So I need to actually, I need you to actually teach me. He actually got in the place of like a student allowing his child to teach him something. Yeah. And that really exemplifies something love that was unconditional that I'm like, man, like, that's crazy. That's like, different. Like, it's like, like, bro, that, like, I literally, like, usually, you would think that, that, like, the reaction to that as a black father, especially given the fact of who he is, you would think that the response would be a lot different from him because, like, you know, you know, I gotta uphold, you know what I'm saying, da, da, da. Humble, like, like, just, teach me like I don't I don't know like just ex- like explain this to me because I'm actually listening I'm not just gonna hear you out and then push my opinion on you I'm just literally trying to actually understand and I'm like man like I saw that as I took that I took a mental note of that to um really take it to when I enter into that realm of life in the future and that ain't anytime soon of course because I ain't gonna fake it that just ain't for me right now right anytime. but like when I get to that point I literally kept it in my notes because it's like that's a behavior that you're going to have to that's the behavior that you're going to have to repeat for your kids like when it comes to actually having a healthy family and actually sustaining that that's something that should actually be repeated so to say and some people might disagree and be like no you gotta with the keep keep the child the child but that child is also a human being and should be treated as such and sometimes like it can be to the point where like it's like uh, apparently it looks like a dictatorship but for sure like that definitely was um them two episodes here like hard for sure yeah okay so we got we at the wrap of it the last question is what as of right now what are your top five priorities in your life at this moment um top five uh priorities my relationship with god is um at number one because at this point in my life, I really don't know how a lot of stuff gonna happen. I just gotta walk with him through a lot. Yeah. Number two is um really just like really getting that financial stability. You know, like the markets, crypto markets dropped and as an investor I lost like I I lost a lot of money. Like I'm down a lot of money where I'm just like, dang. 
And I was like, I don't want to touch none of my money that I've invested, so I got to go get a job so I can pay my bills. So it's one of the things where it's like, okay, you got to do what you got to do. Mm. Simple. Like, like I, I remember, like, even to my interview, I took an hour and a half train and bus ride, hour and a half, just to go to work. And the whole time, didn't blink. Like, I just didn't care. Like, I was, this mess not even that bad because I got to do what I got to do. Because yeah. the reason I can stay up in my crib. So, hey, let's just get to it. Simple. So, get that out the way. Um, number three, I'll then say is my my relationship um, with my girlfriend. I'm really trying to grow and develop as a man so I can actually be a good man to her. Because from the outside looking in, I feel like I can be seen as, oh, he's a good man and he does all these things right. But they're definitely like, internally, I don't feel like I do enough for my uh, for my girlfriend and my relationship. And so these are things that I'm trying to fix because I'm, I'm acknowledging them as a problem like it's not like a bad just terrible everybody yeah. i acknowledge that it's a it's an issue like i was like like i'm honest with myself to be like you're not doing enough so you need to get it together even if she's not telling you you know you're not doing enough because you know how you attack everything else in your life you're not attacking this relationship like that and you should so that's number three i'll say number four is definitely um track career actually no low-key i would switch my relationship with my track career, low key, like I'm sorry, Tasha, but you know, like <laughs> she know how she ain't, she ain't tripping. As yeah, long as you in the top, she she in the top five, she good. That's facts. Like, <laughs> hey, like low key, I'm like track definitely. Like in my head, I'm like okay, like I know post collegiate training, I gotta you know attack that. But right now, it's like okay, I gotta heal up because this injury I have is a six to eight week injury where you gotta rest and then you can go back to like working out, running however you would like to. Yeah, because. So basically, in my head, I have four weeks left before I can actually, like, even touch a track, which has been driving me crazy, which is another reason why I had to go get a job. Because I'm like, if I can't work out, I still got all that energy. So You got to put it in something. Literally. Because they, I remember my job, like, my first job I got, and I just interviewed for um, this other internship at, with my dad company. But the whole time, I was like, I got to get two, because one might not be enough for me. Because, like I said, I got energy. But when I went over there, I'm like, man... Like, they, they said, what's your availability? I said, I'm free whenever. Just let me know a day ahead, and we green. Like, it's that simple. Like, I was like, I'll be there, because I, I don't have a life. I ain't got nothing else to do, and I can't work out. I've been watching The Shy this whole week, and I'm already at season four. That tells you that's all I've been doing, bro. Like, I just started, and I caught all the way up in one piece. Like, I've been going crazy. So, number three, number three definitely got to be, you know, wait, that was four. Not the, it was three. So that's definitely track career, you know, just healing up, handling business, yeah. getting back out there, making sure that we do what we need to do, and really just finish what we started. Like, that's the biggest thing, because I can't leave the sport peacefully until I do, especially because of the story and testimony tied to it. Then number four, relationship. Number five after that is um, my other relationships in regards to, like, friends and family, you know, actually being a good friend. Like, I'm, that's another thing I'm learning at the age of 22, which it sounds bad because I'm learning a lot of this stuff late, but it's like, actually being a good friend like like reaching out communicating and being like hey how you doing how you feeling i realized that these are habits that i have to actually train myself to do because it's like i never created these habits and also like hitting people back where it's like okay if i get a message actually communicating back and it like usually i don't commit like it's not like i don't communicate back because i don't feel like like it's not because i don't want to talk to anybody because mm-hmm. majority of the time everybody i talk to including you like if we hop on the phone, we gonna have a conversation. Like, yeah. Talk, but it's just like, 
getting into that mode to actually answer and respond to me, I, I, in my mind, I'd be like, I called him back. And I watch this, these shows. <laughs> long, you know, or one it's over. Crazy. Over with, like, I'm saying, Luffy got one time to just blow his little arm up like this and then I'm turn red with the hockey. I'm, I can't. Like, you locked he, in. He went crazy. Like, I just couldn't do it. But, you locked so, in. Like, that's really, um, those are my top five priorities as of right now for this episode. That's what's up. Well, bro, it was good to have you on here, man. Once again, I appreciate you for doing this. You had to. You took time out your day to be on Marlon's World. So not only me, but my subscribers and my viewers do appreciate that, big dog. So I do. Oh, yeah, sure. Much love, boss.